Welcome to Amplifying Leadership, a podcast where we talk leadership and all that goes with it, with guest stories, wins, and even some challenges. My name is Tara Lehman, and I am a partner, coach, and consultant at Twin Lake Coaching and Business Services, of which Amplifying Leadership is a division. For our leadership clients, we'd love to support you through this podcast, tools, coaching, training, and more as part of all our leadership services. To find out more about our Amplifying Leadership division, please visit amplifyingleadership.ca. Today, I am welcoming Josh Gwen, CEO of Optimized Practice Services, which is in the dental and orthodontics healthcare industry. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Tara. Great to be here. Appreciate you. Thank you. So I always like to start with getting to know you a little bit better and your leadership story. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that today? Yeah, um, I guess uh, to start kind of at the beginning, I grew up in a small town in Arkansas, a series of small towns in Arkansas. Um, single mom, uh, you know, brothers, sisters, the whole the whole thing, and really got into my teenage years, was working on a farm for a long time, also worked at like the local Subway sandwich shop, mm-hmm. and realized there just wasn't a big future um, in, you know, in that town, also just in that, you know, that route, thought about college, um, you know, financially, that wasn't a great choice for me at the time, so I ended up joining the U.S. Navy, okay. uh, straight into uh straight into the Navy, just kind of, you know, it's, it's literally sink or swim. You figure out, you know, if you're going to be a leader or a follower, <laughs> but you have to be one or the other, they don't really give you a choice. Um, you know, we kind of joke with my kids about it now. It's like, you guys have so many options, so many choices. That wasn't the same thing um, when I was growing up. So did that, um, came out and went directly really into healthcare. Um, well, I spent, I guess, a couple of years in the music industry, um, in retail, and that's where I learned PL responsibility and human okay. resources, et cetera. And then um, moved down to uh, Mobile, Alabama, and started mm-hmm. a manager training program at a healthcare company. And really, awesome. that's where it all started. I always t- tell folks I started kind of as a vision tech, um, you know, puffing the air in your eyes, and did that for a few weeks, literally. And then they moved me into a manager program, and oh. we started to, yeah, yeah, started to started to move from there. So um, did you know? Did the, the retail piece there in, uh, in healthcare. And then, I mean, very quickly, it was, you know, one location, then two, then 10, then 35. Moved mm-hmm. to seven states in 13 years. And wow. Ended up, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot for my family and everybody. Yeah. But it was, um, it was this idea of, you know, I, I had a, a, an intention to move to Colorado, which is where I live now in Denver. And the intention, uh, someone asked me, I think I was 31 years old. I had just taken over 65 locations in dental for a large oh, dental wow. company. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, you're early 30s. What's the point? What, what are your goals? And out of my mouth, just I don't even know that I was that thoughtful about it. I said, well, I want to move to Denver and be a CEO so I can play in the band with my friends. I have friends <laughs> in rock band. And I, you know, I didn't really think much about it. Two years later, moved to the West Coast, took over 200 locations for another big company. And then three years after that was offered really, um, you know, an incredible opportunity um, in Denver as a CEO of a 70 location pediatric dental vision and ortho company. Mm -hmm. So it combined, you know, the dental experience, the vision experience and put me in my dream position and report that I'm now uh, definitely playing in that rock band and, and doing the things in Denver. So it was a lot about intentionality and focus and really knowing what I was after to push through each stage and move to the next level each time. 
he certainly had a lot of goals and goal setting in there for sure. Mm. I can tell, oh. but that's amazing. You did it. And you're in a rock yeah, band. So congratulations. It's wild. Yeah, absolutely. Wild. Bar band. Let's be real, but you know, a it bar is, band. Okay. Still great fun. Still great fun. <laughs> that's awesome. So obviously you would have come into some obstacles along your leadership journey sure. because nothing yeah. is a perfect road, right? What is maybe one or two that you had to overcome that may resonate with some of our audience today? You know, the two, um, and thinking about this question, uh, you know, the two that hit me the hardest, one is ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had to overcome ignorance. I didn't, I had no idea what I didn't know. And I know that sounds so simple, but one part of the journey that I never mentioned was college because I never went. I went mm-hmm. straight into the military and then started literally at the bottom and, and moved through positionally. So I was mining for nuggets constantly anywhere I could. So when people would say things to me like, you know, you never know the answer if you don't ask the question, I took them seriously. So Mm -hmm. I asked all the questions and took notes and found ways um, through, you know, even before the days of podcast, through reading books, reading industry publications, magazines, as a vision tech, I'm reading the, you know, dental economics magazine and people, you know, kind of give me a weird look and fine but now i understand the scope of the industry exactly even though exactly. i have no scope of the practice yet you know so yeah. it was a lot of overcoming the ignorance understanding that there is a path to knowledge you just have to do the work you 100 percent have to do the work and Love you know that. the benefit for me my, my you know single mom she went back to school got her nursing license took us out of section eight housing went back to school you know, really put mm-hmm. things together for us and built a life. And that work ethic was so just, you know, there is Great. no, like I said, there's, there's no other option. You do the work or else you yeah. get what you get. And, you know, that's lost on folks a little bit sometimes, you know, they think that they're, yeah. they deserve, or, you know, they're, they're entitled to something. And uh, we were taught very early, you know, if you want something in life, you will work hard for it because no one here has anything to give you. And the world isn't giving freebies. It's just not the way it works. Yeah. So, I agree. I always say, you know, don't wait for the door to open because it may never open. Open it for right. yourself. Right. right. right? It's it about down. developing yourself right. and kick that door down and Literally. go through it. Yeah. And if Tear it's it locked, go to the time. next one, whatever. Right. 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 Find right. a way. Right. Yeah, right. So no, the first one I would say was ignorance, right? I had to overcome that piece of it. And then um, the second thing was I developed a, uh, a reputation early on as someone you could ask a question who would give you an answer. Um, and I always tell folks, you may not always like the answer, but I'm going to give it to you out of respect and, you know, kindness, kindness, not niceness. Those are different in my book, but out of being a kind person and respectful, I'll give you the answer that you seek, even if it's, that's above your pay grade. Sometimes that'll be the answer. But so as a, as a, as a younger um, leader, and you know, I was lucky enough to be in leadership positions very early, 24, 25, I was in my first boardroom level ops meetings. And they asked me a, a challenging question. What do you think about our general operating strategy to turn around the company? And I said, you know, I think we're going to be bankrupt in you know two years and then gave them the reasons why. Yeah. And one of the VPs at the end of the table, he laughed. Oh, he thought it was so funny. And I didn't really understand why. He's now a great friend. We've been friends, co-CEOs. We've done a bunch of okay. stuff together. But yeah, no, wonderful. But he said, um, he said, you know, they really, most of the time, don't really want to hear the answer. They just, mm-hmm. and I said, well, I don't. That doesn't make sense to me, right? Um, mm-hmm. After those experiences, I started to believe, and this is where the obstacle came in, that I always had to have a point of view anytime someone asked. And so sometimes I would speak out of that ignorance. 
And mm-hmm. my point of view wasn't always well thought out and it wasn't always good. And it was okay. better if I just stayed quiet. Quiet. So as I matured over time, you start to understand that um, only you're only adding value if you've done the work and you have a true point of view. Just throwing more into the ecosphere doesn't do anything. All it does is mm-hmm. gum up the ability to make really great decisions. So, you know, I try to teach my teams now all the time, like, hey, it's okay to not have a point of view yet. Mm-hmm. If it's a big enough issue, you're going to develop one. You have to. Yeah. And I'll wait. I'll wait for that. So those are probably the two biggest things, the ignorance. And then that, that you know, immature belief that I had to have that point of view. And I would always say it out loud. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's better to just keep that to yourself until you've, yeah. you know, you've really baked an idea. We don't always have the right answer, right? <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, it, it was it was more about, Tara, about not being thoughtful. It wasn't about yeah. right or wrong answers. It was, you know, instincts. Sure, I have instincts, all the things. Yeah. But it was about, I just wasn't thoughtful. Had I been thoughtful and had I taken a moment, I would have realized what I was saying had been done 15 times to failure. It didn't work. Right. And I was just throwing, again, just throwing more things into the, into the chamber. And that's not really the point. The yeah. point is, you know, for me, use the, you know, the, 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 you know, credibility that you build over time, mm-hmm. use it to really move the needle. So take that time to be thoughtful and give, give your right answer. And, and sometimes the answer is, you know what, I'm going to put more time into that. Let me think yes. about that one more. I want to be a deeper mm-hmm. thinker before I try to color this conversation. You know, sometimes like you don't that. have that option, but when you do take it, you know, it's, yeah. the, you can't be wrong by giving it a minute and letting it simmer. Or even doing a little research, as you alluded to earlier. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, my, my grandma would always say, you know, tomorrow's uh, stew is going to be much better than tonight's dinner. And <laughs> it took me a long time to realize what she, you know, you simmer all that. You give it a minute. Let it all merge. You know, it's yeah. amazing what might come out of that pot roast. Amazing. <laughs> so, anyway. My mom says the same thing. <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah, my, my mom tries the same thing. I don't know that I know. She's wonderful. Wonderful. So I love a topic that you also love, and I use this a lot with my business clients, which is the values and the culture and the mission and the vision. So that is a big part of a business's foundation. And I want to start with values today. Tell us more about why you feel values can create not just something for the business, but something for the culture of the business Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, the the biggest piece of that, and again, I do love this topic. It's something that, you know, I spend um, what some would consider, and it just depends on your worldview and your business view, an outsized amount of time on culture. Um, I think it's an absolutely appropriate amount. And if I could spend more, I would. That's just mm-hmm. the truth of it. Um, what I see sometimes is that the um, educated class, as it were, and, and not educated necessarily you know, the way it sounds like you went to university, great, you're educated. The folks who actually have some symptoms of belief that they know more and better, um, they tend to forget that everyone is looking for purpose. Every single person on the earth is on a journey for purpose. And so they may, or they're so uncomfortable with the idea of purpose that they push it away. But they, they tend to focus so much on the metrics and, and the spreadsheet mechanics of a business. And, and that's a hundred percent. It's, you have to have that skill set. That's not what I'm saying in any way, shape or form. 
To be a good businessman, I had to know the numbers. To be a great businessman, I have to know the people. And that's a completely different thing. When you put that aside and you understand every single purpose, every single person is looking for purpose. If you can help them derive some of that purpose through shared values, through a mission that grabs them by the heart and pulls them along, you get so much ancillary you know, effort and additional, mm-hmm. additional push that you don't even, you don't even have to ask for it. It just yeah. happens. Yeah. The attitude shifts. I used to tell my teams when I was a frontline manager. In optical, I was the one who sold you your glasses. You came in, Josh, the optician showed up and said, hey, mm-hmm. and I would have people tell me all the time, like, you're so good with people. Your attitude's so wonderful. And I'm like, well, let me be crystal clear. It's Disney, man. You know, they're here <laughs> to feel, I'm here to make them feel good about something yep. that they have to do. That's my job. That's the way I see it. And because I'm making them feel good, it makes me feel good. So I'm having fun. And they're like, well, it, it looks like you're having fun. I'm having fun. I'm having a blast. Oh, and by the way, when I sell, we make 30% more than when you sell with that, you know, bad Mm -hmm. attitude or whatever nonsense, you know? So really trying to help people understand that you can have a 20 to 30% effect on the bottom line of your business just by showing up every day with, with positivity and with intention and living through these shared values that you build out for your team. And the values to me, they start with the leader of the, of the business. I mean, mm-hmm. I've definitely had situations where I worked for people who would espouse these values and live up to zero of them. And, and actually sometimes yeah. joke about it, like how funny yeah. it is that we have, oh, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Like you are the epitome of failed le- leaders, right? Who hasn't? And yeah. that's, that's really what causes, I think, so much, um, you know, so much eye rolling and so much consternation. And so many times I've been in, in, in meetings with folks and I'm laying this out. And, you know, they'll tell me, Josh, you know, sounds great. Wow. You're passionate. You mean it. Wow. But tomorrow, right. We're just going to go back to what, and I'm like, hard time out. You have a life decision to make right now because you're in a place with someone who's coming back tomorrow with the same message, with the same intensity, with the same purpose. And if that's not for you and you can't get on board, you need to, you know, move on. Great person. Terrible fit for what I'm doing. Yeah. Terrible fit. Great person. Great. It's not a, not a personal judgment. It's a values judgment. They're just different. So I believe for leaders, and this is how I try to teach. The first thing I want you to do is be very clear about who you are and who you want to be. My business partner, Dr. Jack B. Ramian, he calls it your point A, point B. Where are you today? Be clear. Be absolutely crystal clear about who you are because we can build some values around that. And then aspirationally, who do you want to be and who can you strive towards? Who can you put effort and feel good Mm -hmm. about it, you know, to push that extra when it's hard? Which one of those do you want to add? So once you clarify that, it's so easy if you have that, you know, voice of amplification where you just go out and you talk and talk and you, you know, you create these shared connections with people. And once, you know, you have trust around values, everything else changes. There's so many teammates and stories and the person who connected us, literally, we have Mm -hmm. deep trust and, and care because we have shared values. And we have since the moment I met her, I was like, oh. Lisa, you're amazing. And yeah. I want to part of what you're doing. And she's, you know, so yeah. we've always looked out for each other and we always will because that value set is there. We can count and trust on each other. So that's the biggest part for me and the foundation of the culture. Yeah. You know, and t- I, sorry, I, I was going to say, I love that you talk about trust because when we talk about values, if as leaders, we don't live them, there's no trust. There's no, there's no belief in 
wide businesses there. There's no purpose for me to come in every day. But if we trust and as leaders, we constantly talk about what we value as a company and what we want as a culture, those people are going to be like you said, so happy to come to work. They're going to sell so much better for, you know, eyeglasses, for example, you know, they're going to be happier and it just makes for better business. So I love that. And thank you for bringing the trust piece up because it's huge. I I can't, um, I can never say it enough. Um, Mm -hmm. We deal in, and this is just the beauty of where life has taken me and my team. We deal in, you know, we have deals, a lot of business deals, private equity, venture capital that are 10, $100 million deals. Mm -hmm. And, And trying to help people understand that the most critical thing you can do throughout the deal process and throughout the business integration is be very clear about your expectations, lay them out crystal clear. This is who I am. This is who I am not. This is what I value. This is what I don't. Mm -hmm. And then be exactly who you say you are. Because at the end of that process, there's still going to be emotional ups and downs. There's going to be chaos. There's going to be feelings and all the things. But if you were clear about your intentions and your expectations, and you were who you said you would be, There's trust Mm -hmm. and everything else. The foundation of the next chapter of that business is all going to start and end there. And when there's not trust, you can't do good business with with bad intentions or bad trust. You can't. So you have to separate it. Um, My team is so close. They and first and foremost, they coach me a lot. And a lot of it is out of love and compassion. And I have a teammate who recently has said to me, Um, you know, you can't do that thing. We won't discuss the thing, but you can't do Mm -hmm. that thing. And, and the reason is when you do that, it causes like this weird dissonance. And, and I know you, I know your intention is not that, but it does cause this thing. So having said that, um, we need you to be great because when you're great, we get to be great and we're all Mm -hmm. great together. And I trust you so much. I'm going to tell you this to your face. And then she sat down and she said, I wasn't even nervous to say that to you. (laughs) That <laughs> that's good up. though totally cracked me up i was like that's the best part of the i mean the whole time yeah. i'm chastised i'm absolutely <laughs> taking my medicine for sure and then she said that and i just giggled i was like great and now we're both better let's go you know let's yeah. go crush the day so oh that's awesome that's trust awesome. is what it's all about man it is, it, it is lost. it is so you know we have our values now with our culture. We have our trust. Yep. What does yep. the vision and the mission have to do with workplace culture? In your opinion? Yeah. Um, well, again, um, it's it's all part of that. You know, triumph right. You're trying to build. I mean, in the end, if uh, if you have no vision, you have no mission. You have no. We always think a vision is where you're going, right? And and yep. mission is why. You know, why are you going there? Mm-hmm. Um, and the vision. If you don't have vision, then you know you're. We always say it's like the Forrest Gump of business. You're just running and running and running and running yep. and running and hoping and things when, go well. <laughs> even I mean, when people are just running through the motions, most people at some point, like Forrest, they just stop. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm done with that. I have to make yeah. a massive life change. COVID caused so many people to snap Huge. out of their, you know, whatever, you know, and I don't want to say zombie-like existence, but, you know, they were, a lot of people were just stuck in the same, you know, the same world where there wasn't really a vision for the future. There was a vision for this week and next week and next month. Yeah. And COVID caused, it was, you know, in that way, it was really helpful um, for a lot of people to see like, I just can't do this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. okay. And I don't want to be in a place, I would never work in a place anymore for sure, where that was my life. So yeah. vision is the, 
where are we going? And, you know, values, again, that's the foundation to know who to bring on the, on the, on the trip with us. Vision is where we're going. And the mission is why, why are we doing this? What is, what is the point? And, and I always try to help my, you know, the folks I'm working with get really clear on exactly why. And sometimes the why is so I can create enough wealth for my family and so that I can retire. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. And you can share that. That's great. Yeah. If you were going to make your mission and, and your vision some monetary prize, make sure that you're sharing those monetary prizes or mm-hmm. else you're going to have some conflict. But I know a ton of great, great people, great companies who have said, hey, our mission is to build a $100 million company. And when we do, mm-hmm. we'll have $20 million of profits and we can sell it for $200 million, right? For, yep. for you know, these purposes. And when we do that, here's what's going to happen, right? Here's mm-hmm. how everyone benefits. Those companies explode. They have a combined shared vision, a mm-hmm. shared mission, a goal they're trying to accomplish. And, and not only that, they tend to have people that come together around the right things. Now, you know, if it's a purely monetary play, yeah, you're going to have a tougher time with the, you know, the, the softer side of purpose, but I do mm-hmm. know people yeah. who are great at, well, then we'll do community events and we'll have, you know, days where we help veterans or underserved yeah. or whatever, so that we can maintain that purpose and use some of that for good as well. Of course. I've seen that, but if you have no mission, no vision, it's just to show up tomorrow then I don't, you know, it's, it's very hard for anyone, I would think, um, one, to see that as their life's purpose, and mm-hmm. two, to be able to, um, you know, when it's tough, to pull through and to really want to be a part of that, or not take a dollar an hour to go next door, because exactly. I see that all the time, too, yeah. and that's insane, yeah. like, ugh. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah. and having been a kid who a dollar an hour would have changed my life at some point, I definitely get it, but, uh, you know, yes. it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's just tough. And I love that you, when you talk about, you know, the values and the mission is the words purpose and why, you know, mm-hmm. myself, I always help people understand, you know, why are you there? If the company's values aren't matching yours and you're completely unhappy, what's your purpose? Why are you there? You know, right. and then realign their own personal values to a company that actually means something to them. So I love that you bring up those are key, key words when it comes to business growth and having happy employees. So you also talk about norms within a culture. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So the way we define norms and, and and again, this is um, it's interesting um, to me because we don't hear this a lot and mission, vision and values can get so aspirational. It can be Mm -hmm. such a, in 10 years, we will, you know, you've heard of the BHAG, the big hairy audacious goal. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. That's wonderful. <laughs> but what about tomorrow? You know, what yeah. am I trying to? So, you know, you have these very aspirational things. When we talk about norms, um, we mean the the daily behaviors that you're expected to, to the way you're expected to treat your team, your people around you. Um, and also, what are you expected to do? And mm-hmm. so I'll give you a, an operational norm would be something I would call eat your breakfast and breakfast is get up and go through your operational reports, look through your practices, look for places where you have an opportunity to do some coaching and development and really help your team get better. That's a norm an expectation that should happen every single day. 
And as a CEO running, you know, up to hundreds of companies, I eat my breakfast every single day. That's the way I've been able to build credibility. Again, if you walk into a location and I'm like, Hey, you only had 14 new patients, whatever the metric. And they're like, wait, really? I'm like, you should know that way before I should. Let's be Mm -hmm. clear. So it does set that tone. The other way we think about norms is in the, and again, this is those two sides of the business. I think you have to be great at the other way is around how you manage people and how you treat people. So I'll give you one. We talk about all the time and this is, man, it changed the way that we could coach people. We say, assume positive intent Mm -hmm. all the time. Everything you see around you, assume positive intent. Give you a, Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, for instance, um, we have two dental assistants. We have, and these aren't real people, but we have Tina and we have Jim. Jim shows up late, um, 10 minutes every single day. Tina Mm -hmm. um, is always running behind. And she finally blows up, goes to the practice manager and says something to the following. Jim's late every day and you don't do anything about it because you don't care. Mm -hmm. You're fine with the fact that I have to do everything and he's late on purpose. And you guys probably have some relationship outside of work. And, and <laughs> woo, right? yeah. so the practice manager has the power and ability to first off say, whoa, you've got to take a deep breath, go outside um, and mm-hmm. come back. Because what you didn't know is that, you know, Jim's mom has leukemia and mm-hmm. we set up through HR uh, an accommodation for him to be 10 minutes late every yeah. single day so that he could yeah. do this one last thing for his mom. Um, and, you know, we've been through those circumstances. What we know is that without information, People spend, and, and typically we go to the darkest place and we think yes. the craziest thoughts and exactly. the stories are so bad and you yeah. have to practice the assumption of positive intent. So Absolutely. the other one I always say is like, Hey, guess what? Every time Josh makes a bad business decision, which happens all the time, it's mm-hmm. not because I'm stupid or I'm trying to sabotage my own company or your paycheck. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. because I made a mistake. I thought that was the best thing for it. But when you even ingest, go behind me or behind your leader and say, they must be blah, 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 blah. You're spreading this negative intent through our culture. And we're doing everything we can to bring positivity and goodness and kindness, Mm -hmm. not niceness. You'll hear me say that a million times, but kindness. Mm -hmm. Nice people don't tell you the truth. Kind people do, right? We're going to bring kindness. (laughs) Seriously, nice. Where I grew up in the South, nice people would let you walk out of the restroom with toilet paper trailing and say, oh, bless your heart, sweetie. Oh, you're so cute. And then... (laughs) Right. Yeah. And people are like, hey, dummy, you know, horse, get out of the barn and get the toilet paper off your pants. Right. That's, so I love that. you know, be kind, be kind, yeah. right? Be kind, be kind everyone. Nice. Be kind. That's why nice people suck. You see the shirts. <laughs> nice people suck. Kind people are awesome. So anyway, you get to this, um, this point where we're just trying to say assume positive intent. So if you assume positive intent, Tina, what would you think? And she'd say, well, I don't know. Maybe, um, you know, maybe you guys know about it. Oh, well, yeah. With HR, we can't tell you everything that's going on. And it reframes the thought process and it's in a second. So we coach straight to it. Um, We say, speak up and give grace. So if you Mm -hmm. see something, say something and the give Mm -hmm. grace goes both ways. If we did something Mm -hmm. stupid, give me a little bit of grace, you know? And and if you speak up and say something stupid, I'm also going to give you a little bit of grace. I'm going to assume positive intent. I'm going to assume that you said it because you want what's best for this patient, this person, this company, me, you, mm-hmm. et cetera, right? And so those norms, once they are in place and the leadership team, whoever they are, adopt them, 
agree to them, and then roll them out with the same vigor and the same intentionality that you would mission, vision, and values. You can literally write the day-to-day behavioral playbook, both operationally and, and think of it as a checklist for how to treat people. I mean, it's so... Mm-hmm. This is what we're normalizing this behavior in a world where we normalize all kinds of crazy behaviors. We're trying to normalize good stuff that can help people in our solid space. Now, there's a benefit. So many people have come up and said, hey, Josh, you know, I teach my kids to assume positive intent. It's different around my house now. Right. It's different (laughs) at my house now. It's different. Like, you know, it's not like he took my, you know, like Uh, kids are starting to exhibit. And I'm like, amazing. That's great. What if we taught people to think positive first? Holy cow, what a world. Um, And again, yeah, maybe I'm a dreamer, um, but I'm not the only one. Um, You know, Uh it's just, you have to, in our world, you have to have those norms in place so that the teams can, and we have to live, we have to be the the first. They say it again, they say it to me. None of us are perfect at it. Josh, assume positive intent. What if this person actually wanted to help optimize? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's, I'll ask them that, you know what I mean? I'll just ask the question because I'm that dude, you know, it's like, Hey, yeah. so anyway, that's really how we yeah. think of norms, how we look at them, how we use them. And, awesome. you know, for the listeners and for everybody, it's, they're your norms. What do you need for yeah. your business and your group and your team to normalize the behaviors that a you want normalized and to get rid of the ones you're normalizing now that you don't want normalized, but there are, if you're not intentional, what I've found is that you will normalize some negative things too. Yes. And if you don't address that, then as the leader, frankly, you're the problem. I don't have a better way to say that. You are the problem. If you don't have the intentional leadership of your culture, someone else does, Mm -hmm. and you probably aren't going to be pleased with the outcomes they bring. Now, you know, there's, if you have an intentional culture leader, sure, that's a different thing, but typically someone will hijack your culture if you don't lead it with intent and with, you know, the, really the mission first and the vision focused. Yeah. And, And that's, that even speaks to lead by example, right? Do it, do it yourself and accept it. As you mentioned, 100%. you accept it when someone tells 100%. you to, right? So yeah, uh, I love so, that. That that's it's, uh, it's it's like it creates that beautiful culture at work, right? It, it just makes everybody happier. When we were kids, uh, my grandma used to feed us um, like some, and I really wish I could think of what it's called. But whenever we were sick, just this nasty toxic liquid that she oh. swore. Would just and and it's it's sometimes like that because we would always feel better, right? And if we assume positive intent, we know grandma's trying to help us, so we can you know yeah. have more of that biscuits and gravy she's famous for or whatever. Yeah. Um, so when you think of it that way, and you're around people you trust, and mm-hmm. they have shared values, when they're trying to tell you things, it doesn't mean they're right. You know, there's 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 a great quote that says, you know, feedback take feedback. Um, and, and, and really give it a great look, great look. And mm-hmm. I'm definitely paraphrasing, but give it a great look and use what's usable and then walk away from the rest. It's mm-hmm. not everything like going to be perfect for you, but if you don't listen at all, then you're the fool. You're the fool. Yes. You're missing so much. So even a 30% is gold. Wow. Free gold. Who, who doesn't? Yes. Want that, so. You got to take mm-hmm. those nuggets, right? So oh, speaking so of good. those nuggets, what's your mm-hmm. golden nugget? What's that key takeaway you want our audience to have today? I would definitely say that if you don't know who you are and, and as a leader, mm-hmm. then you have got to start today, find the time, find intentionally sit down 
and start writing is the way that I like to do it. Just on a piece of paper, lay out your values, lay out who you are, what you want for yourself, how you want to be perceived in the realm of leadership. If you have not done that work, you cannot go wherever you're trying to go. I've never seen a leader lead a strong mission who had no idea who they were. Yeah. Once you have that in place, understand exactly who your leadership team are and start to put those puzzle pieces together in the way that each of you can use your unique abilities to build kind of a, a you know, a, a support team yeah. that is, you know, completely defending all your flanks and then be open enough to listen to what they have to say. That's it. You still get to call all the shots. Amazing. Yeah. Speak yeah. last. Let them yeah. tell you everything. Close your mouth, open your ears, listen up. And once you hear what they have to say, you may already know the decision. You may have known it before, but when you respectfully give them that airtime, you're going to A, learn things about them that is invaluable later. You're going to see the dynamics of the team and know whether or not you have to, you know, manage Mm -hmm. that culture. And then you're going to get to make the best decision. But every single piece of it starts with you. Every single piece. I love that. And that was a great nugget to take away today. So thank you for an awesome conversation, and especially about the basis of business, which is these things, right, for our employees. So if our guests wanted to learn more about you or get a hold of you, can they find you online somewhere? 100%. um, I'm all over LinkedIn, um, Joshua Gwynn, G-W-I-N-N, and then OptimizePS.com. That's Optimized Practice Services, OptimizePS.com is our website. I'd love to hear from any of you guys and anything I can do to help out. I mean, really, we're just trying to spread goodwill intentional and do good business with uh, even better people if we can. So that's our hope. That's awesome. And you gave a lot of tidbits today that are so important. So thank you very much. Thank you, Tara. It was my privilege to be here with you. A big thank you to our listeners as well. We do hope that you're taking some key points away today to help you grow on your leadership path or in your business. If you are new to leadership or a seasoned leader, who knows that this type of support and developing your skills are the way to moving forward on your leadership journey. Or perhaps you want to join the leadership community, please visit AmplifyLeadership.ca, a twin life coaching and business services division. And until next time, please be safe and be an amazing leader or leader to be.